Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 Livestream Podcast, hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. We love to help you, our content creator friends, with actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and gain trust as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelly and Toby live every Thursday on YouTube or Facebook. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. You can see that Shelly isn't with me. And for those of you that aren't aware, Shelly had an elective surgery on Monday and uh, was out of the hospital by Tuesday evening. And she's recovering comfortably at home and may visit us in the chat room. She was on our in our chat room on our show last night. So if you see her, make sure to uh, wish her a speedy recovery. We have decided that she'll be out of the loop, out of the live streaming loop for the next couple of weeks, just to give her a full time to recover. But she'll be back uh, within, by mid-September uh, with us and probably before that with us on our live stream. So, uh, but I want you to know that she's doing great. I spoke to her with, with her earlier this morning and, uh, she was already exercising. She was doing a walk around the house. So um, you know how she can be about her walk. So uh, we'll we'll see her soon, I'm sure. We do have a special guest for you today. His name is Michael Allison. He uh, he calls himself Mike. He doesn't use the full name, uh, and we'll call him Mike. We'll bring him on in just a second. I wanted to take care of a little bit of housekeeping before we got started. First of all, make sure that before you leave today, you take the opportunity to like our show YouTube likes it when you like us. Share it with your family, your friends, your neighbors, your business associates, the entirety of your social network so that we can continue to grow the channel. And if you, finally, if you're not already a subscriber, please click on the subscribe button. And when you see that notifications bell, ring the notifications bell. And that way, every time we start a live stream, you'll be immediately informed and as a result in the know. And then, of course, I want you to know that the Super Chat light is lit. So if you want to make a small contribution to our project, go down to the bottom of the chat window. You'll see a dollar bill with a a dollar sign in it, click on that. And the good folks at YouTube will walk you through the process. Um, the other thing is that if you're watching this after the live stream, go to the bottom of the screen, not the bottom of the window, and you'll see a dollar sign inside of heart, uh, a heart. Uh, that's super thanks, I think YouTube calls it, same process. And again, you'll get the opportunity to show your appreciation for what we do here by making a small contribution. Really appreciate it. All right, so let me first introduce Mike. Uh, Mike Allison is a financial provocateur with more than three decades of professional investment management experience. He is the founder and CEO of New Lantern Advisors, an independent registered investment advisor focused on helping guide folks to a brighter retirement by answering this question. What is your quote? What's next? Unquote. Let's bring Mike on board. Hey, Mike. Good to have you here. Welcome aboard. Thanks for having me, Toby. Appreciate it. So I want to make sure that our audience gets as much information as they can before you leave us today. But I wanted to start with that um, all, uh, all how every interview should start. And that is, please tell our audience a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. Um, sure. And uh, I believe my background uh, and where I am today is uh, is very much aligned with your audience, as I understand it. So I'm looking forward to the discussion. Uh, as you mentioned, I, uh, I have over three decades of uh, professional money management experience. I retired from one of the larger money management firms and uh, asset managers uh, in the in the country, uh, Eaton Vance, at the end of 2021. I'd been there for just under 22 years. Um, and uh, kind of a two-year process of transitioning out of there, transitioning my responsibilities to, uh, you know, to the next generation and all. And uh, really what my goal was uh, post my corporate life was to work more directly with um, individuals as opposed to uh, just managing the money and, and, and being closer and building relationships uh, on the other side of that uh, transition from corporate life to uh, a more independent life. And I think that's, I think, consistent with um uh, with with many of the folks uh, who are your your uh, uh, audience, so um, began my uh, began my post corporate life or early in twenty two. We were just a few months into the new firm. I, I created New Lantern Advisors, and it really is a play on words about uh, shining a new light on 
what is traditionally thought of as retirement. Uh, the financial services industry is, you know, sort of created this idea that uh, you have to accumulate and save, 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 and invest, invest to build up a, 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 a piggy bank to be able to take with you out of your working life and into whatever it is that you want to do in terms of relaxation, recreation, volunteer work, what have you. Uh, I believe in a different, uh, I believe in a different way of approaching it. And that is that simply retirement from what you've been doing for a long time is just a transition to doing what it is that you really want to do on the other side of that. Many of us have uh, spent decades in the working, uh, in, you know, in the corporate world, in the working world, raised families, we send them off to college, they graduate college, the nest is empty, and then uh, and then you, you think about how you're going to spend the next 30 or 40 or 50 years. And, uh, and, and really, that's about that's a, a major part of the way that, um, you know, I like to work with clients is to really help them focus on what they're retiring to, not as much what they're retiring from. And Mike and I spoke before the uh, show, and we agreed that uh, his position on the matter is very much in line with what we refer to as our encore entrepreneurs, people who are looking for not necessarily a second career, but how to spend their retirement years and feel like they're achieving the kind of satisfaction that they got, hopefully, uh, during their years as uh, as uh, business owners or part of a larger corporation. Uh, and I felt like that although this wasn't necessarily in the realm of digital marketing, I felt like it was important for you, our audience, to hear from someone who's not only uh, not only experienced in these matters, but is walking the talk. He's actually an example of what he recommends to people when he makes these recommendations. Let's go back. To, you know, I introduced when I made the introduction, I said um, he wants he wants uh, answers the question, what is your what's next? So tell me, what what do you mean by what is your what's next? I think it's, um, as I mentioned previously, it's really about thinking about what you're retiring to, not, not as much what you're retiring from, and thinking about what it is that you want to do when you stop doing what you've been doing uh, and having a really deep, thoughtful conversation uh, with, uh, you know, with my clients, but, uh, but also uh, individuals that uh, those are conversations they need to have with their significant others as well. So mm -hmm. that there's an alignment about what that next chapter looks like. And it's consistent with, um, you know, the, the, the approach that uh, they've taken over time, but also, you know, freedom to, to, spend time doing the things they want to do and to not spend any more time doing the things they don't want to do. And to me, that's the freedom of retirement, um, not a stoppage, but really just a transition to what you really want to spend your time doing and having the freedom to do it. You know, that's very much in line with my experience, my personal experience. I had uh, a longtime financial advisor that helped me plan what I was going to do in my retirement by the time I was ready to retire, uh, I, I was at a good age. My children were all grown out of college and on their own, so it was a good place for me. But the conversations I had with him, as much as I enjoyed him, as much as I trusted him, dealt with financial management and, and retirement without any conversation about what I was going to do. And as a matter of fact, I kind of wasted my first year of retirement by just not doing anything, because that's what I thought retirement was all about. You just relaxed, you know, you went fishing or whatever it was. And um, and I decided with the help of uh, friends, uh, including Shelly, that's not what I wanted to do something else. I was still vital. Uh, I still had my, you know, physical skills. I could do a lot of different things and I had interests. And But I don't remember ever having a conversation with my financial advisor about what I was going to do in retirement other than I would have what was necessary to keep me surviving in retirement. So this is, to me, this is a, a, a very different perspective. And I wonder how your, uh, your clients respond to you, not only helping them from a financial management perspective, but for that what's next perspective. How do, how do they take that? How do they respond to that? Well, I think the, the response has been um, uh, qu quite good so far. Um, and, and it's amazing how typical uh, your story is. Uh -huh. um, 
a lot of people march to this goal of, you know, a certain number or a certain age and they walk out and then they're like, okay, now what? And they, and they rest or, you know, they, they go recreate in whatever fashion, you know, they wanted to have time to do. And then after about a year or so, uh, they decide, you know, this is boring. This uh -huh. is not how I want to spend the next 30 or 40 years. I still have something to contribute to this uh -huh. world. And my, my approach is it's okay uh, if you want to, during your transition, to program in nine months, 12 months, 24 months of doing what it is that you've been hoping to have the freedom to do, travel, you know, play every golf course and, you know, a, a golf course in every state, whatever it is uh -huh. that you've really looked forward to. But to me, it should be intentional and not just because you don't have anything else to do. Program that in if that's your intention and then know what you're going to do when that time is over. It's almost like you plan a vacation. It's a long uh -huh. one, uh, but you know that when you come from that after that vacation, you know what it is that you want to start to do and uh, what your next chapter is going to be. So it could be the day after your quote retirement or it could be two years later, whatever. But, you know, my view is let's plan for it. Let's make it intentional. Let's budget for it and, and make sure that that is part of the, the program and how you intend for it to be without permanently uh, deciding that my human capital is now worth zero and mm -hmm. I'm only worth what's in my investment accounts. And that's what's amazing about those of us who fall into that category is we spent a good, a significant portion of our lifetimes learning in addition to, you know, working at a business. I was a sole proprietor and independent contractor, but I learned a lot and it kept me, I was required almost to stay in my case, to stay up with the technology and that has benefited me since, but there's a lot of other things that people can do or have learned in your case financial management um, that that they could take advantage of just to do something productive. And I think that's the challenge. One of the criteria, and I'm going to share this with our audience, one of the criteria that I, uh, that I use when I'm making these kinds of decisions about what to do next, and I, uh, as you may or may not be aware, I experience uh, an, a, a antsiness about once a year where I'm going like, what what am I, what else could I do? Is, or am I doing the right thing? But one of the criteria that I use for this is, does it, how does it help others? How can I make other people? And, and our, that's why our focus is on core entrepreneurs and teaching them live streaming and podcasting, et cetera. So that's very much in line, but I, I really enjoy hearing it from someone who's the financial manager, having, having my experience and having heard other people's experience, because I talked to, a, to I talked, Shelly and I both talked, to uh, individuals who are retired and are kind of, like you said, not quite disappointed, but they feel like they still have something to offer and, uh, and have a way to offer it. And they're more up to date on a lot of the technologies than most people would expect them to be. So they can apply that. And there's lots of ways to do this. I, I just like hearing it from somebody whose responsibility it is to make my retirement better from a financial perspective, but it's also considering how does it make my retirement better from a, from a, I don't want to call it work. I don't feel like what I'm doing now is work. Fulfillment. You know? Yeah, that, that's it. That's a, that's a really good word. It is fulfilling, satisfying, and it gives me a reason to wake up every morning. So I think, you know, if you can help people, if you, Mike, Allison can help people that way, I think that's a good place to be. And I, I hope that they take the time to contact you so that you can have these uh, conversations. So, so each of us has a passion. Um, you know, my passion is, uh, as we talked before the show, my passion is technology and um, my interest in communicating and spreading the word, et cetera, et cetera. But you refer to it, I think, as your uh, superpower, your investment superpower. What, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, I, one of the things that I have always enjoyed uh, and, and I think I was good at, I was always told and one of the, the, the main or major responsibility during my, my corporate life um, was one of, uh, of education and um, being able to, to take what can sometimes be complex uh, investment oriented uh, topics and, um, and ideas 
and explain them in a way that make them accessible to people who aren't necessarily investment professionals. Uh, I believe the best client is a, is a financially savvy and informed client. And so a major part of, of the work that I do with folks is, is around educating them sometimes to the point where they're, they tell me to stop teaching them uh, because it's important to me that they know what and why I'm doing the things that I'm doing for them on the investment front to the extent I can, because there's so much mystery in, in, in our business and in the mystery of investing. And, uh, and to me, that's another way of sort of shining a new light, new lantern on, on the way to approach things. So rather than say, I'm the expert, trust me, um, I'll, I'll take care of things and you know, sort of keep the client in the dark about how things work. To me, a major part of the way that uh, I, I want to work with folks and I want to work with folks who also believe this uh, is to is to help them understand how the you know, how the thing, how it all works and why it works. Uh, and, you know, why is the market down so much this mm-hmm. week? Well, there's a lot of reasons for that. And some of them are not obvious. Why does this particular uh, investment strategy work the way it does and, and why this uh, fits you know, is a good solution for what we're trying to achieve, that sort of thing. So so that to me has, uh, I, I believe, and I've, I've always been told that that was kind of one of my one of my gifts, which is one of a, a teacher. I probably was a teacher in a former life, uh, you know, before I came into this world in this life. So mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoy that. And I really, really enjoy sitting across the, the, the table uh, or, or the, you know, the desk uh, and just, mm-hmm explaining something and then seeing the light bulb go on and their lights in the, in their eyes kind of say, I get it. I, I like talking to people that want to get it. And uh, it's, it's, uh, I get great satisfaction out of helping them understand how we're doing what we're doing. Well, it's, uh, it's noble work. I do want to let, excuse me. Uh, I do want to let folks note that Shelly is in the room, so if you want to wish her a speedy recovery, you can do that by entering a chat. Again, if you're watching this after uh, the live stream, just put in the comments below. I'm sure she'd, she'd appreciate hearing from uh, you all. And that happy face really is Shelly Carney, so I'm glad that she's here. Uh, so one of the uh, challenges for me as I was as I spent 30 years with occasional meetings, regular meetings with my investment advisor, was he did his best to uh, advise me of the potential and the opportunity, but he also talked about risk. And I, you know, I love talking about the potential and the opportunity and how good my retirement was uh, going to be. And I really hated talking about risk, but you've described it in your work as a three-headed dragon. Um, first of all, I want you to explain that, what, what you mean by the three-headed dragon, the risk being a three-headed dragon, but also tell people how you help them deal with the uh, risk, because that's part of investment. I mean, it's the nature of that particular beast. So what is a a risk three-headed dragon? Um, Well, first of all, there is is a a way of approaching investing that leads with a risk management framework uh, and, and making sure that the risk you're taking is appropriate um, and the right thing to do. Uh, when I talk about the three-headed dragon of risk, there are three components to it. Uh, the first is the, the uh, confidence to take risk. A lot of people might call that risk tolerance. And that's where most financial advisors stop with their client. They'll give them some behavioral finance right. or a psychological questionnaire that says, you know, you know, kind of comes up with a score. And, and so the client says, I'm comfortable taking this much risk. Um, and, and that's where it stops. I think that's very incomplete uh, in, in my view. There's also the second head of the dragon is capacity to take risk. And that's a very, very important um, uh, element, which is there's a certain time, the, the few years coming into retirement and the first few years in retirement where you go from earning a paycheck to writing your own paycheck. Um, and it's there's that time where it's not appropriate, even if the client wants to take risk, it's mm-hmm. not appropriate that they take a lot of risk. So there's this period where it's, it's necessary to dial down uh, the risk in their, in their investments to protect the body 
against certain um, uh, uh, times early on in their retirement. Uh, 2022 is a great example. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing to be younger and you're accumulating your assets and you can ride out the storm. It's a very different thing when you are taking money out of your investment accounts to live on and the market's way down and you're selling assets that are, you know, depleted uh, and, and you're having to sell them, you know, when they're, when they're down mm -hmm. and then it, it makes it very difficult to rebuild uh, on the other side of that. It's a concept called sequence of returns risk. So if you retire and the market goes up, you know, for the, the first several years of the, uh, of your retirement, then that gives you a tailwind and gives you a kitty to, uh, to be able to not only take money out for your, your living expenses, but also to not impair uh, the accounts. The reverse of that is, is what would be happening right now, which is you're taking money out, selling, uh, you know, selling out of your accounts when, when um, you know, assets are down quite a bit uh -huh. and it just makes it very, very hard. So the capacity to take risk is a life cycle question and it's to me an important element of being a fiduciary and putting the client first to say, even if you want to take risk, it's not appropriate to do it right now. Let's really dial it down. And a lot of that risk management is done by uh, not just diversification. That's important, but um, but there are tools you can bring to bear uh, that are beyond just sort of bonds and stocks. And and there's there's other ways to um, to protect the downside. Uh, in the investment accounts. And the third uh, head of the dragon is compensation for taking risk. And that's just a simple risk reward uh, concept where, um, you know, buy low, sell high. You know, when, uh, uh, when uh, assets are, are overvalued uh, in the extreme, like we saw the bond market, uh, you know, late last year, you know, the bond market had the worst uh, first half of any year, the worst six month performance period, uh, basically in history. Uh -huh. uh, but that's partly because of how overvalued they were. Yields right. were minuscule, and uh, and to some extent, uh, you know, e uh, equities, bond, or stocks as well. So so making sure that you get compensated for the risk that you're taking in in terms of returns available. You know, uh, if you're buying good, uh, you know, uh, if assets are attractively valued, then that gives you a margin of safety you know, to be able to invest into that. And um, and so it's really about uh, getting compensated for the risk you're taking in terms of um, return opportunity. So those are the three kind of components of risk. And and I think it's important that we, you know, advisors, and you know, I certainly try to to help clients to understand just how much risk you're will you think you're willing to take uh, is only uh, one part of the equation. There's other, there's uh, other elements that have to be addressed. And, you know, the, that great uh, uh, philosopher Mike Tyson said, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and I think we're all getting punched in the face, uh, you know, in 2022 so far. So uh, um, so being prepared for that uh, in, in, in the other elements of, uh, of the risk management is really a key, uh, uh, a key aspect of, of how I work with folks. So I think uh, uh, I, I love the quote from Mike Tyson, but it's also important to remember that these these they call them cycles for a reason, right? They're cyclical. There's going to be ups and downs, and right. you have to find yourself running uh, along with that wave in a way that's not as dramatic as the wave. I took uh, I I filled out one of those forms, one of those questionnaires that you described, and it analyzed me as moderate risk. Well, I had I had my uh, own uh, company. Uh, I was providing for a family of six children, a spouse two dogs and a cat. Uh, and so I was analyzed as moderate risk. And I thought as I progressed through that, once the children were out of college or, or whatever it was, that I would go to a higher risk model. Uh, and the simple fact of the matter is, is that as I aged, I wanted to make sure that I had money for retirement, right? That I, that I didn't. So I remained a moderate risk uh, my entire, you know, investment life. And thankfully, my financial uh, advisor was very aware of that and maintained a good, steady, you know, watch the ups and downs, let me know when the downs were, would advise me what to do in terms of buying and selling. Although for the most part, I left it up to him because there were two things that I was never good at. One is the market 
and the other is golf. And so I, I let him uh, do that kind of uh, business. Well, it sounds like when you decided to start your company, New Lantern Advisors, uh, you had some impetus to do that. But uh, what is it that brought you to the point where you wanted to found a company like New uh, Investment Advisors? Um, well, over the course of New, your career, I'm sorry. New Lantern Advisors. Excuse, uh, I didn't say that right. Over the over the course of my career, I had uh, a, a lot of responsibilities in terms of looking after the you know the, the savings and the hopes and dreams of investors. But I was a step removed because I worked for an investment management company, an asset manager. And um, our clients really were the advisors who had clients. And what I really wanted to do was to have a more uh, tightly linked and direct relationship with folks to be able to, uh, to have a more direct impact um, on, on their lives. And in particular, um, with what I saw in terms of changes in um, you know, demographics, for example, um, I wanted to be able to to sort of pick and choose, uh, not so much pick and choose, but really to have the opportunity to work with the folks that I thought I could help the most. And, uh, and it's, you know, I've sort of leaned into this, this, uh, this segment of folks who are within a few years of retirement or thinking about retirement uh, and helping them understand what it is, not only where they are, but also uh, where they want to go and what's uh -huh. on the other side of that, which we talked about. Um, one of the other elements of it is, um, and this kind of goes to your entrepreneurship uh, uh, aspect to your to your audience, that um, there's financial capital and there's human capital. And to me, if you look at historic valuations in financial assets and historically and sort of undervalued human capital in terms of low wages, whatnot, we've gone through a a multi-decade cycle of, of wage pressure um, coming from, you know, uh, low-cost labor in China, women coming into the workforce, the fall of the, um, of the, the Soviet Union and the opening of Eastern Europe. There's just a, a lot of wage pressure. And so in my mind, cyclically, in, in long cycles, but cyclically, human capital is undervalued relative to financial capital. Agreed. And we have all these people and we have 12,000 people a day turning 65 in the U.S. And that's going to persist for another five to seven years before it starts to, to taper. That's a lot of people that have been convinced by our in my industry to leave the workforce and declare their human capital right. now worth zero at a time where they're about to start to get revalued because of demographic shifts and the shrinking labor force. So, so to me, a big part of what's next is don't give up on your human capital because it's about to get revalued higher. And in another way of thinking about that, it's one of the best inflation hedges you can think of because it's very difficult to hedge in an inflationary environment, um, financial assets, but, but it's, it's easier, particularly if you're an entrepreneur to be able to have pricing power with your labor and the, and the things that you do for folks, how you serve them. And, and, and to me, that's one of the best, kind of, you know, recommendations I can give to someone is don't, don't declare your human capital worthless at the exact time what's about to get, you know, it's like selling a stock. That's, value. Bottom, That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, buy low, sell high. So, so, so continue to monetize your human capital, find the best way that gives you fulfillment to do that fulfillment and satisfaction. And that's what retirement's all about. If you have been doing something for, for a long time and you want to do something else, that's totally fine and a great, you know, a great thing to do, but don't just hang up the skates and say, I'm, I'm done. I'm just going to live off my financial assets at the exact wrong time. Well, the other thing too, is it's such a waste and that's probably the wrong word, but to me, it's such a waste of the intellectual capital yes. that an individual accumulates over a lifetime. So not only, <clears throat> not only has the individual uh, accumulated the financial capital to invest in retirement, but there's this wonderful resource of intellectual capital that they can use not only to do what they want to do, but to help other people. I don't remember the name of the movie. I'll bet you Shelley will remember it, but it's a, it's the story. I think it's Robert De Niro and he becomes an administrative assistant. Pardon me. The mentor. 
Is or that what it intern. is? No, the intern. The intern, right? And he's yep. he's in Anne Hathaway. Yes. He, grad, he retires as a CEO of a company, and decides he just wants to do something else, and and eventually gets to the point where he's helping her achieve her objectives, and it has to be very satisfying. And that's how we feel about the, the work we do. Is that in the end, when we can help someone achieve their uh, their intellectual capital objectives that that already accumulated intellectual capital that they have, it it makes me feel better about what uh, what I do. So Shelly has a question. This is not unusual for Shelly. I'm going to pop it up there so you can see it. What is she's she loves storytelling. So uh, I I like that she always gives our viewers or or our uh, guests the opportunity to tell stories. She says, "What is an example of improvement of an improvement experience by a retiree who you have worked with?" Um, you know, there's an example, and I think this is, it's not an entrepreneurial example per se, but to me, it's a good example of how this can work for someone. Um, you know, I work with a, a, a household, a family, um, the, both the husband and wife were kind of in similar uh, boats. Uh, work for different companies, but the but the gentleman uh, worked for many many years uh, for um, for a company, uh, thirty eight years in fact, and uh, was sort of ready to do the traditional hang it up uh, thing, and, and you know, they did uh, pretty well in terms of uh, resources and, and whatnot. Um, but but he didn't have a good answer for you know yeah you want to. You know, you want to get out of the Northeast during the winter. You want to, you know, uh, have some freedom to have some warm weather in the winter. You want to have some freedom to, to travel or whatnot, uh, but didn't really have a good answer for um, what what he was going to do when he's when, when he was all done working for the company. And the other challenge was that he didn't really he liked what he did. He was enjoying it. You know, he he liked the work. It just kind of wanted to you know, to downshift. Uh, and so the transition that he worked out was just simply working part-time, you know, uh, he had great institutional knowledge. They didn't want to let go. But at the same time, he was of an age where they, you know, uh, there's still, and I think this is very short-sighted on the part of many corporations. There's still a, a, an undertone of ageism mm -hmm. when it comes to, you yeah. know, running people out. Uh, and to me, that's, that, is damaging to their franchise because, as you mentioned, there's just a reservoir of, of institutional knowledge that gets built up over time and intellectual capital, and you're just going to throw it out the door. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the company he worked for had the wisdom, and he had the wisdom to say, I can get maybe not 100% of what I want, but I can get 65 or 75% of what I want for another few years by working, you know, say three days a week and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and remotely in the, in the wintertime and I can spend some time in Florida and what have you. Uh, and, and so that was sort of, that was part of the conversation and that, and not by any means, I'm, I'm no trained, uh, you know, psychologist or, or, or anything like that, but it's really just about having deep and thoughtful conversations with yourself with your family, you know, with the, I call it the kitchen table committee, right? you know, and, 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 and kind of working it through in the path of least resistance for him was to just say, I like what I'm doing, but I just want to do, don't want to do it as much. And so fortunately the company he worked for had um, the, in my mind, the right kind of response, which is we value you. Uh, we value your institutional knowledge and we'd like to have access to it. Um, but also give you the means to, you know, sort of transition to a, a different pace. And, uh, and to me, that was a good outcome for, uh, you know, an improvement um, in, in, you know, like I said, not, not an entrepreneurial story, um, but, but it's indicative of, of this idea that you have this reservoir built and, and just because you reach a number or a date, uh -huh. uh, it to me is is just so short-sighted to just declare it now worth worth nothing or you know just not worth monetizing anymore and so that's what you know i really i really love what, about what you and shelly are doing for your audience is giving the tools for you know encore entrepreneurs 
to build something of their own making. Uh, and, you know, maybe they have a lot of, you know, passion and ideas that they never got to put to work in their prior life before so-called retirement. But now they have freedom and enough resources to to be able to build that up. And it doesn't have to happen overnight. Uh, you've got a runway of sort of, well, it might make, take me three years to scale this up. But, um, you know, but but I really am now doing what I want to do. And uh, so to me, that that's another way of, 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 of serving people. I, so I, uh, my career evolved in Washington, D.C., dealing with the federal government. So a lot of the people that I worked with when I was working uh, aged with me. Uh, in the government, right? So I knew people in government who were aging at the kind of the same rate and would retire. And uh, over the years, what would happen is a significant uh, portion of them would go to work for government contractors who were interested in having their knowledge about how to deal with the government. They, they were the people that I dealt with were on the contracting side. And if you can take one of those people who's been doing government contracting for 30 years, knowing all the rules and regulations, because they, that in and of itself makes it very complex. You can go to work for a contractor and not because you're not allowed to go back and work with the company, I mean, the, uh, the agency that you were in, but there's nothing that prevents you from sitting in meetings with other people who are selling to the government or merchandising to the government or writing uh, responses to proposals for the government. Um, uh, it, it you know, it, it's a good place to take that expertise and do something with it that doesn't necessarily mean uh, having to establish your own company. There's there's right. lots of ways to implement the value again of that accumulated into intellectual capital. So you, you, I think that's why so many um, you know, sort of encore uh, careers are, are sort of consulting and coaching related yeah. because that is a direct monetization right. of that reservoir of intellectual capital that you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, I have one friend who literally works from her home office and basically attends meetings whenever she's asked uh, with the sales and marketing professionals who are selling to the government, that's selling and marketing to the government. And she's just there to advise them where they would be overstepping the rules and regulations and could hurt them in various ways. And so her work, and she gets a salary for it. Uh, her work is basically sitting on in those meetings and advising them of what's right and what's wrong about uh, what they're doing. So you're you're I think in this position you've established a uh, a financial advisory services firm with the hope with the intent of helping people to plan out their retirement and have a comfortable and successful retirement. But at the same time, there's this dichotomy of you're telling them don't retire. Maybe that's too, too definite, but so explain the dichotomy. How does that fit? You're telling them eh, time to retire, but don't retire. So yeah, how do you explain I, that to your, uh, I appreciate your audience? The, I appreciate the question. And I, I actually have thought about that myself. Uh, you know, like, okay, here I'm telling, you know, sort of, you know, helping them prepare for retirement uh, and have a roadmap for the other side of that financial roadmap, but then at the same time not retire. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess it kind of goes back to this idea of of financial as financial capital and human capital. And um, to to me, it's an asset allocation decision um, where where if you still have uh, the ability to to be able to um, contribute and be con uh, compensated for that contribution based on uh, based on your body of knowledge that you've built over a career but do it on terms that are different uh, than you've had to do for the, the last 30 or 40 years mm -hmm. do it on terms that are of your choosing both time commitment location commitment all those things um, to me, that's something that shouldn't just be sold short and stopped, you know? So, so to me, retirement is a, a stoppage. Uh, it's, it's about a transition from doing something that you may or may not have enjoyed, uh, but it's at least been of great value over time in terms of what you've built up. And it's not just the specific job skills. It's also just life and learning how to deal with people and learning how to deal with personalities and bureaucracy and all, all, all the complications of life that you only have if you've lived a certain number of years on this life or on this on this earth and 
and that's worth something too, just having gotten this far, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so to me, it's the transition to, okay, uh, I'm ready to transition out of doing what I've been doing and I'm ready to, to do something new, uh, taking with me the, the valuable asset that's between my ears uh, and, and the, the, the body of knowledge that I've accumulated at being a mature or maturing adult and, uh, and, and figuring out how do I want to apply that going forward. And so to me, that it's not so much a dichotomy. It's just a matter of managing a transition mm-hmm. from one phase of life to another. Well, uh, I, I think you're spot on when it comes to how you advise uh, people in my age group, hopefully the people that are watching this show, the entrepreneurs that we're l- looking to help because it sounds like you offer a great deal of help in the in- intellectual capital that you've accumulated over these years. Let's talk a little bit, and I'm going to post it right now. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your website. I'm going to bring it onto the screen for our audience. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the website, what they can find there, what uh, resources you have available to them, et cetera. Well, a, a lot of the content, um, so, you know, the the tagline is align your financial self with the rest of yourself, uh, uh-huh. you know, and, and think about what's your what's next. So that's really the philosophy behind this new lantern. Um, uh, the about page has you know, sort of our story, the you know, the origin story, where we came from. There's two components to uh, sort of the, the, the practice. One is uh, advisory services. That's the wealth management, financial planning, investment management that we talked about. And then there's uh, portfolio services, which is something that I'm looking to roll out in the fourth quarter, which is a way to serve uh, do-it-yourselfers as well as other advisors on behalf of their clients to mm-hmm. do a lot of the same things that I am doing from an investment standpoint. Uh, for my own clients and my advisory clients. So that's a way for a way for me to grow without having to build, uh, you know, a huge firm and, and all the bureaucracy that comes with that. Uh, and then, you know, very transparent about fees and, you know, uh, fee only fiduciary. I don't work for anybody else but the client. I have no commissions or conflicts, that sort of thing. So I'm very transparent about that. Um, and the insights, you know, I have a blog. Uh, I also have a weekly newsletter called The Sunday Drive, which folks can uh, sign up for. That uh, comes out every Sunday, just sort of a Sunday drive around the internet. Some, uh, you know, sort of lighter hearted, not necessarily investment related things. A lot of it around longevity and whatnot. And then the resources and tools are really about um, educating uh, folks, just uh, lots of content or, you know, around certain subjects that I think are important to think about uh, for, you know, f- for the folks who would be, you know, the, the kind of folks that I would work, uh, work with. And it's really all about, you know, uh, educating uh, folks. And, you know, like I say, on the, on the homepage there, my, the best client, my, to me, the best client is a savvy, a financially savvy client. So I want to do everything I can by way of, uh, uh, of, of education and just sort of helping people understand what's going on in the world and the ways to think about things they need to think about. And uh, so that's really, you know, the intention of the website is just to educate, to uh, to offer insights and to give people an opportunity to, uh, you know, to get in touch and, you know, let's have an introductory call, find out if we might be a good fit to work together. Um, you know, I try to be, like I said, as transparent as I can about uh, the folks that it makes sense to work with. You know, if someone is got young kids and they're saving for college and, and whatnot, that's you know, there are a lot of good advisors that can help that family. Uh, that, but I'm very focused on on sort of the uh, pre-retiree uh, folks, and you know, they they may have worked with an advisor to accumulate, but now they've got to make that transition to um, the uh, the distribution phase, at least you know, and in, in making sure that they can elongate that over a very long lifetime. I'm very longevity focused too, uh, because I do think that's you know, from a demographic standpoint, investment in longevity research is one of the great investment opportunities over the next 20 plus years. So, um, so that's really about the purpose of the website, just to let people get to know me, uh, uh, learn some things about uh, you know, retirement and investing taxes, whatnot, and, and, uh, and, and decide whether or not they want to reach out and, and set up a time to chat. And I went through Mike's website. It's a very comprehensive website. And for those of you watching who would like to get more, more information about Mike and his company, make sure you go to that website. Everything is there. Last question for you today before we sign off. 
What are your investment, I'm sorry, your retirement plans? Uh, well, um, having moved from the Boston area to upstate New York, uh, the, uh, you know, having the freedom to, to uh, escape this part of the country during a few months of the year and uh, either spend time in Florida, which a lot of people do, or in my home state of Texas, uh, although they do have some winter in Texas, it's uh, not nearly as much as here. Uh, so some, some freedom geographically, uh, you know, freedom to spend time with, uh, with my two young adult children. Uh, my daughter lives here, which is one of the reasons we moved to Saratoga Springs, uh -huh. uh, and is, uh, you know, uh, in her, uh, mid twenties and our son is a senior in college. So, uh, kind of figuring out what he's going to do and getting him through last, his last year of college and figure out what his, what's next is. Uh, is a thing and just spending time with, uh, you know, with my wife and, you know, doing some traveling and that's, and then stuff. And that's the beauty of this business to, to be able to work with folks. Uh, they can be anywhere and I can mm -hmm. be anywhere and right. we can do the same work together. That's and one so, of the things that we explain to our Encore entrepreneurs. You don't have yeah. to have an office. Right. It's not a, it's not a location. It's a state of mm -hmm. mind. Right. And there are technology. And I know you focus a lot on the tools of technology. There's, you know, it's amazing how you can spin up uh, a quote business for, you know, uh, a diminished amount of capital. I mean, uh -huh. and, and failure rates and failure rates historically were quite high on new businesses because it required a lot of upfront investment uh -huh. uh, that was sort of overhead you had to cover. And if you didn't ramp your revenues fast enough, you went out of business because, you know, but now it takes so little startup capital. It's just really about opportunity cost and time. Uh -huh. Exactly. And that's one of the great things about being an encore entrepreneur is, is you have enough resources. Maybe you don't have, you know, never make another dollar kind of resources, but you've got enough resources to buy you the time to build what it is you want to build. Um, and, and one of the great things uh, that, that I've seen as I've looked at research in terms of entrepreneurship, uh, encore entrepreneurship, is um, the rates, not only the rates of business formation of folks that are our age, but also the success rate. Uh -huh. And and it goes to this idea that there's a lot of built up value uh, that, that we've accumulated over time that can be brought to bear when you control your own destiny. Uh -huh. And you're not living in the confine, you know, the confines of a corporate uh, structure where you know uh, they have the impetus to to push down on costs where you know if you are an entrepreneur, you, you know, it's up to you what you do and how much you make. Well, it's, uh, it's very practical and pragmatic uh, advice and recommendations you've given our audience. And I hope they take advantage of getting in contact with you uh, so that you can help others. We're you know, we focus on the technical and getting them past that. But I agree with you that setting up a business in this day and age is nowhere near the cost in time and money that it was 20 years ago. It's a completely different algorithm. And if you're willing to invest a little bit of money and at the beginning, a, a little bit of time, but after that, it just becomes you're enjoying your passion. Uh, and if you make money at it, so much the better because that there's all the potential in the world for that. So... Mike, any last words before we leave? Uh, no, I, I, I appreciate the chance to, to chat and, and hopefully, um, you know, contribute to your audience's goals. Uh, and, and I wish uh, you and Shelly the best and Shelly a speedy re recovery. And, uh, you, know, thanks, uh, you know, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for joining us today. I found your convert the conversation with you very, very informative, even though I have been through some of those phases uh, in my own life. And I think it's your position on the matter uh, is uh, I respect your position on the matter. I think it's a good place to be for people in my age group. So thanks for joining us today, Mike. Thanks. Appreciate Take it. Take care. All right, guys. Uh, wow. Uh, if you didn't learn anything from that conversation with Mike Allison, you weren't paying attention because I think there was a great deal to be learned from him and the expertise that he's accumulated uh, over his lifetime. I'm going to strongly recommend that you go visit his website. I put it in the chat room. I will include it in the description box below. Uh, and I, I'm going to strongly recommend that if you have any uh, needs in this area, not only for retirement planning, but for retirement planning, what are you going to do in retirement? 
uh, I think it would be great to have a conversation with Mike, and I know he's uh, open to that. So uh, let me take care of some stuff here. I'm going to turn off the banner so we can do that. Uh, Miss Carney, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it, and we hope that we hope and wish a speedy recovery. I look forward to having you back here in the uh, studio, and honestly, I miss you. So let's just be blunt here. It's just I miss you. So get back here uh, soon, even though what do we talk, three, four times a day? Uh, but again, thanks for joining us today. Um, I will make sure that this gets into our podcast as quickly as possible. So if you want to listen to it on Anchor Messages and Methods on Anchor FM, you can do it there and not have to worry about um, watching the video. There's, you know, the conversation that I had with Mike just now is a perfectly reasonable podcast to download and listen while you're doing your workout or your thought planning. All right. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next week. Make sure you join us on Wednesday nights for our new program, New Mexico Day Trips. We'll have another day trip uh, to cover then. If you haven't seen last week's show, and I said last week, this Wednesday's show, uh, Shelly and I visited the uh, IATSE 480, which is the filmmakers union here in New Mexico, IATSE 480 Film and Media Expo. It was a lot of fun. We ran into a lot of our old friends. We got to talk to the mayor of Albuquerque, Tim Keller. Uh, so go back and watch that on our um, on our other channel, uh, uh, New Mexico Day Trips. We'll see you next week, New Mexico Day Trips, 7 o'clock on Wednesdays, and again for messages and methods. And I think I'm, I'm sure we have a guest for next week as well. Uh, and that's uh, Thursdays at 1 o'clock, all those times, or mountain time, whether it's daylight or standard. All right? Thanks for joining us today, guys. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0, hosted by Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question, and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices, too. Check the show notes for links and resources, and please come back again next week.